So we're in week two of our uh, three-part series called The End Times. Last week we learned that uh, it's not about trying to figure out um, when Jesus is coming back, but it's all about being prepared and watchful in these times. In fact, any time. In chapter 24 of Matthew's Gospel, there are three parables that talk about uh, just readiness. And the first parable is the parable of the ten virgins, and we heard that last week. And it's really about just, he's not, we, not, we don't know when he's going to come back. And so the bridegroom, five are ready and five aren't. And the parable is, it's like, you got to keep that oil filled. And oil means so many things. And Jesus even warns, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And so today we're going to look at the second parable uh, called the parable of the talents. Let's take a look at this together up on your screen or in your Bible if you're following along. Again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also with the one, two bags of gold, he gained two more. But the man who had received one bag, he went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. The parable of the talents is about this very rich man who is about to leave on a great journey. And he calls those servants together, and he gives them the responsibility of looking after his wealth. It's a lot of money, folks. In the New Testament, it translates to bags of gold, but it's actually, in the Greek, the word that is used is talent. And one talent was worth 20 times the average salary of a laborer. Equal in today's value, one talent is worth $613,000. Two talents is worth $1.2 million, and five talents is worth $3.6 million. But see, Jesus is not talking about money, is he? He's talking about life. How we invest all that we have been given. Time, talents, treasure. Life is a living trust we receive from God. Our entire life is a gift from God. And the point of this parable is we have to have responsibility in investing it so well that it replicates goodness to those around us, and our daily offering to God with all that we are. You see, we all have talent. We do. We all have gifts to give for the benefit of others. The Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. He said, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, each one, every Christian has this spiritual gift that God gives them. It's a divine gift from him to be used so that God's kingdom can be built up and so that people can experience wholeness through the ministry of the church and the body of Christ within those gifts. When I became a pastor, I soon, doubt, soon found out that there are many people in the congregation to expect the ministry to do all the ministry, the minister to do all the ministry. Therefore, they kind of remained inactive. It wasn't everybody, but 
they wholeheartedly expected me to do all the visits, to lead all the Bible studies, to be the chairman, it seemed, of every committee, to copy the bulletins, and sometimes to do the task of cleaning a bathroom. <laughs> the Bible teaches us that that is so unbiblical. In fact, it's ridiculous to expect that. The minister does not have all the gifts. The Bible teaches that we are all ministers, whether we are ordained or not. Thanks be to God, that's not the way it is here. We have people caring for the hungry, the homeless, the hospitalized, uh, teaching the Bible, leading teams, committee, discipling life groups. And it seems every week, every week I find out one more thing that the church is doing. And you just heard that we're collectively going to bless people for Christmas, children for Christmas. And because everyone has a ministry, everyone has something to offer in ministry to God and others. All gifts are important in the body, in the church functioning. Paul describes the body of Christ, uh, the different parts, as human parts. The arm, the leg, the eyes, the ear. The sum of the part are, parts are those that are utilized for spiritual gifts to be offered in various ways dynamically. That means every one of you is important to invest your spiritual gifts given to others in proper function and order. And this is the marvelous design that God has done within the church. Your gift complements the gifts of others. And it's like a puzzle that is not completed until the last piece is inserted in that total picture of the body of Christ, active ministry showing the picture of the whole realm of the kingdom and what that, that is like. And it's inclusive for all. And as you discover your gifts, you'll discover where and how you fit in the body. And you'll begin discovering how God wants you to invest your life. We learn from this passage is that we do it for the sake of others. Listen to the rest of this verse that Paul talks about. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so the common good is, is expansive. And you know what? It's, it's amazing what this world would be like if everyone was using the divine gifts that God has given to them for the ministry of the common good. It has to be utilized to help people walk and encourage them to go on in living and walking with the good Lord. And we don't necessarily use it for ourselves. You see, I see the church as an equipping for ministry epicenter. Not only do we come to grow in our faith, but we come to grow in our capacity to love and our capacity to receive more gifts. The Apostle Paul talks about receiving greater gifts. And he says the greatest gift of all within this is the gift of love that I think manifests itself and flows from us to others. You see, there's Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, kids rock leaders, uh, who have prepared Sunday school lessons without a break, without pay, without much recognition. We have ushers and greeters, and we have people working at a coffee bar. And these folks are taking the responsibility to help encourage people in their faith walk. Think about that. If you walked into the church, 
and nobody was there to greet you. We need greeters, especially right now in the middle of the pandemic. Standing there with the mask on saying, I love you from six feet back. Come on in and experience God in worship. You know, there are church leaders who take responsibility for involving, uh, just involving how we invest and how we, what we do with our budget in making disciples and regarding ministry. There are musicians, all of these folks up here giving of themselves and their gifts. We have youth who give up an entire week of their summer to go on a work trip to minister to others. My wife was the host today. It was her very first time. She did a great job. <laughs> she was so nervous. Oh, my gosh. But she did a great job. And then my, my daughter's boyfriend, you guys were had knelt in prayer, bowed in prayer, but Trey brought up this stand for me. It's just amazing how we can employ. We just tap people on the shoulders. But it's mostly God tapping us on the shoulder saying, you've got to use those talents that I have given you. You can't bury them in a hole. And so these people have given countless hours when I consider this church and history of service as we've been here, what, 200 years? Of all the gifts that have been utilized to help lead people into the eternal, it's mind-blowing. These folks here helped me discover my calling 30 years ago. It was right here. And they encouraged me. And they unanimously sent me forward to begin to discover what it means to be a pastor. Have you ever thought about your life as a continual gift given? Think about that for a second. I have a friend named Cindy, and she has the gift of encouragement. And she always says to me, you are a gift to the world. And sometimes it just makes me blush and feel funky inside. But that's what we are. You're a gift to the world. God created you to exist to be an offering given to others in him. A gift given for the benefit of others, as I just said. Your life is not your own. That's what's cool about the parable of the talents. The talents do not belong to the servants. They are stewards of the talents. They serve the master, the owner. And he gives each servant a different amount to invest according to their ability. And he knows them well enough to know their ability as investors and workers of what has been given in their skill. To one who is most capable, he gives the most. Five talents equal to 3.6 million. The second, he gives uh, two talents, 1.2 million. And to the third, 630. $130,000, that's right. Did you ever notice in this passage, the master does not say to the servants, go and invest this, go and use it. No, he doesn't give them any instructions. You see, we are given various amounts given unto us to utilize, and when we're brought into this world, we don't have instructions tagged to our little baby foot to know how we are to invest in these gifts go do this invest your life here and there we have no idea but god's going to continue to give these gifts unto us and we have to ask for them you know i don't know if you know this but my wife and i have the same birthday uh de de december 26 1970 she is seven hours older than me 
I always said I always went for older women. Uh, we discovered that on our first date. And the day after Christmas is the worst day to have a birthday. I just got to tell you that right now. But this year we turned 50. Now, I know some of you are saying, oh, you're just a spring chicken. And I know some of you are like, man, he is really an old dude. But when I was writing this sermon, it just really hit home when I'm thinking about this upcoming birthday, a half a century uh, old. I mean, have I been faithful in using the talents that I've been given Offering myself for the benefit of others. And this parable is all about the faithfulness that is rewarded. Faithfulness is what I do with what I have, what God has blessed me with. And I can't be a good steward of burying my gifts in a hole. Let's take a look at these, the, the finish of this parable. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and he settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in the master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. So his master replied, the same. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now these words are hard to swallow. Then the man who had received one bag came. Master, I said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid. I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, it would receive back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him. Give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more. And they will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the first thing we hear is that the master took a long time returning. And the servants have no idea when that will be. All the parables of Matthew 25 are that way. We heard the same, like I said, in last week's parable. The bridegroom was a long time, and they waited, and five had oil, and five did not. Basically, Matthew is saying in all three of these parables, we have to have readiness in life. We have to be ready in all things, of all a part of who we are. And when he finally returns home, he wastes no time. He calls to them to come and settle up. The first uh, servant shows the bottom line to his master. Look, master, I got 7.2 million here for you. And then the second one shows his spreadsheet. I double what you gave me, master, 2.4 million bucks. And notice the praise that comes from the master. And it all boils down to faithfulness and happiness. He says, you have been faithful for what I gave you. Now come and share in the master's happiness. 
I believe God delights when we give those divine spiritual gifts for the benefit of him and others in partnership and ministry. And if you think about that, that is so, so cool to share in the happiness and joy of God. You see, God totally gives when we, digs when we share our lives lovingly so that others may see his extravagant love. About 15 years ago, I had a parishioner uh, come up to me after the service, and she said, Pastor Jonathan, you will not believe what I did this week. And I was like, tell me, what did you do this week? And she goes, I took what you preached, and I went to Starbucks, and I went up to the cashier, and I said to her, I want to buy the next five people who come through the drive through whatever they order. And the manager was like, yeah, okay, okay. Well, she positioned herself somehow so she could see the people's responses as they drove through the drive-thru and hearing that their caramel macchiato, Venti, was paid for by this stranger. But she also told the manager to tell them, this is from God. <laughs> and imagine just the joy that she had. She was in partnership, and I think it's just like this parable, sharing my happiness and enjoying, and that was an investment that changed her life. And it was just so cool for me to hear. I started giggling too, having happiness, listening to her. And it was kind of contagious. I don't know if you've heard about this stuff going on. Maybe it was just a few years ago. But why can't we do something like that in the middle of the pandemic? I think that is so cool. And God's creative innovation does that with our gifts and what he has blessed us with. You see, it keeps God's abundant life flowing through us. The master also promises these two servants that they were faithful in a little, but then they're going to be in charge of much. They're promoted. They're given more. And now comes servant number three. And the first thing out of his mouth is, Master, I know you're a harsh man. It's his view of this master. Fear drives this guy. He fears the master, and it caused him to be stagnant. He took that talent, and he buried it. The third servant thought he was doing the right thing. No, he was only being lazy and selfish and cowardly. The reality is that fear are behind those three things, I believe, in serving in the kingdom. Fear can make us not put what we have been given to work. We might fear using our gifts to help others because we might get hurt maybe or maybe have been hurt and we just don't want to do that again and we draw back from using our gifts in ministry to God. We might fear that it takes too much time or takes moments out of our schedule and it, it actually becomes selfish. I've had parishioners that I know that have, were supposed to serve with me and they found something better come along. And they called me and said, I can't come. And I know, I'd hear later. You know, but they, when you invest in others and when you come and, and participate in the ministries of God, you are always going to get back a hundredfold. We have to keep using our gifts so that that abundant life can uh, flow from us to others. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, just the joy of utilizing your gifts and see it transform and bless others. And that's not why we do it. But we just know that God's working in us and through us. 
You might have heard it said, lose it, or use it or lose it. And that's exactly what happens here. This servant lost more than just one talent. He lost shared happiness. He lost that connection with his master. He was banished. He lost life. I don't know if you know anything about uh, the Stradivari violins. They're expensive. Stradivarius made these incredible violins, and only so, so many. And it was discovered that if a Stradivari violin is not played, it loses its voice. Meaning it loses the amazing tones from the unique woods and ways that it was built. And the sound gets worse with no usage. These priceless violins, they must be played at least 15 times a year. In the beginning, they were stored away, protected, guarded. Now, playing that violin, is it risky? Well, I, I guess so. But imagine hearing a master violinist play the, a concerto on that violin from that incredible sounding instrument to keep it alive and singing a voice from the chambers of that violin. You see, we're the same way. We're priceless. There's no price on you. You're a priceless creation of God, created to use these priceless spiritual gifts given to you from the Creator. Serving in the kingdom, yes, it involves risk and sacrifice, especially in the middle of the pandemic. But don't fear. Utilize what God has given you as his created one in his image. You see, the first 400 years after Christ, Christianity was illegal in the empire, and thousands of Christians were martyred. Stephen was stoned to death. James, the brother of John, was put to death. Peter, Paul, and you can name 11 of them, in fact, they were martyred for their faith. And John even escaped death, but he was exiled to Patmos. In Mark 10, 29, Peter says to Jesus, and we get some words from Jesus about serving. He says, we have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions and any age to come, eternal life. What he's saying is, is that when we serve, we will get back a hundredfold. And that's not prosperity gospel. It's just the abundant life of being in partnership in ministry. Why did these guys give up their lives? Why did they risk? Because they knew there was nothing like the gospel. They experienced and understood the good news, and they saw it. They saw the active ministry of Jesus Christ transform lives forever. And they laid it all on the line. And God gave them tons of talents and even increased those talents. And what happened to these guys and gals when they skidded across the finish line of life? All banged up, beaten, exhausted, but proclaiming this. Wow, what a rush in ministry. Thanks be to God. And I want to live that way for the rest of my life. Skidding across the finish line. And saying, woohoo, thank you, Lord, for using me. 
You see, we have to take risks and open up our lives to his abundance. We have to take risks and give and use our God-given talents however and wherever it leads us. We have to take risks for the sake of others, risking to love and to serve, risking rejection or ridicule for the sake of the gospel, um, smack dab in the middle of the COVID. I believe the world needs us. God needs us to utilize these blessed talents given unto us as gifts. Don't hesitate putting God's investment in you to work. Because the master, he could return tomorrow. So use this day to be all about kingdom business. And don't wait. Put the master's gospel to work. And you, you will be blessed beyond measure. Let's pray together. God, we breathe into your works. We breathe and know that you want to provide more and more to us to invest in your kingdom. We thank you for all the talents of those who have gone before us, who use them so freely without hesitation. God, take these talents gathered here and those watching online and make them grow a hundredfold so that priceless treasure of the gospel will be inserted and be lived out eternally in others. God, show us how to use them and we pray for greater gifts and those gifts would manifest themselves for the common good for transformation all founded in your love. We thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.